0: So if Donald Trump is actually signing this uh, sanction order against Iran and comes out and says uh, he's going to take it to the Ayatollah Khomeini, who actually died 30 years ago in 1989. And and look, I just want to say somewhere in hell, the Ayatollah Khomeini is furious at Donald Trump for getting this wrong, but he'll tell him when he sees him. Welcome to The Sanity Cast, episode six. Uh, I'm John Fuglesang, broadcasting live in a land where a president who doesn't understand how to use apostrophes also doesn't understand that he can't go to war without Congress. Um, we have a great episode today. I'm really having fun doing this, and I'm really glad that you guys are coming along. Uh, important thing to remember before we go forward, the Obama administration never had a policy of separating parents from children to deter immigration memorize that sentence. You're going to have to say it at Christmas and Thanksgiving. The Obama administration never had a policy of separating parents from kids to deter immigration. There'll be a test later. Uh, my name is John Fugelsang. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm a comedian and I'm an actor and I'm a broadcaster. I do a really cool show every day on Sirius XM Insight, channel 121. I once got Chris Christie to admit that Obama was a better role model for kids than Trump. I got to perform for the U.S. troops in Haiti on their humanitarian mission after the earthquake. And uh, I once hosted the World's series of blackjack for game show network because i'm all about the humanitarian work this is a podcast that is all about staying sane in the time when the christians have elected caligula it's a podcast that believes depression is a disease negativity is a habit sanity is the opposite of hannity and if we're really all in this together then despair is privilege you don't get to do it we need you in the game so um, here's the deal. If you're ever feeling really strung out over the next few weeks, if if you're just feeling full of anxiety about the future of the world when you see Trump playing kissy face with Putin yet again, just remember one thing. Um, just imagine how insane Donald Trump's Twitter will be the day Robert Mueller openly testifies before Congress on July 17th. Just imagine, could you ever have anxiety that will reach peak all caps? As Trump will be showing us. And and if you're worried about war on that date, the day Mueller testifies with Iran and or Venezuela, just remember, we're not going to have war with Iran or Venezuela unless Putin allows us to, because Vladimir Putin is the worst American president since Dick Cheney. We have a great show today. Um, It's all about pride, man. And I'm not talking about the straight pride parade from the shame-based incels up in Boston. Uh, You don't need a straight pride parade because straight people get to be proud of gay pride. I I know on the surface it's ridiculous. A, A straight pride parade? How hateful are you people? When have straight people needed a pride parade? When have straight people been forced to hide that they're straight for centuries and live in shame? Well, look, we all know that there's this certain kind of tribalistic American or human who feels, what, someone else is getting the same thing I've got? That means I'm losing something. But I bring it back to my message. You don't need a straight pride parade because straight people should be so proud to live in a society with gay pride. Now, my mom and dad were ex-Catholic clergy. My mom was a nun. My dad was a Franciscan. They were never homophobic because uh, Jesus wasn't homophobic either. But boys at a certain age start to get raised by a peer group. And, of course, I became a young teenage homophobe because when you're a kid growing up in the 80s, that's moral, right? You're taught to think... This kind of hate is acceptable and moral. And then I got involved with theater at a very young age, working at a regional theater. By age 11, I was getting paid for work. By age 12, I was doing Hamlet and hanging out with grown-ups all the time and actors and dancers and comics. I didn't need my friends in the Atari 2600 anymore. And then I moved to New York City um, because I realized that half the men I knew were actually gay. And I realized, oh, my God, I'm a dick. And, and these men aren't bad. They're wonderful. They're my friends. They love me. And my friends, the homophobes, aren't bad either. They've just been raised to think this stuff. I moved to New York City when I was 16, and I wound up in the 80s having a front row seat for AIDS activism. And the golden age of AIDS activism, when people got organized, when groups like ACT UP... Stopped waiting for the government to come and provide solutions to AIDS and started demanding it when the people stopped waiting for leaders and started leading to themselves. And I got to see the mobilization of what was one of the greatest social justice movements of my lifetime and in American history, activists, artists, celebrities, politicians, some politicians Gay people came out of the closet, even though it meant losing their jobs. Straight allies stood up. Not enough, but many did. Um, celebrities who began in, fighting for AIDS, uh, fighting for more research. I don't mean fighting for AIDS. That's what Rush Limbaugh does. Rush Limbaugh actually had, a, had one fundraiser for AIDS. Not for the victims, for the actual virus. What I'm trying to say is people came together and they led until the leaders followed And what did we witness from AIDS activism? Well, we went in 30 years from people being terrified to eat off the same plate as a gay person to, within a generation, a sitting American president in the middle of a heated re-election campaign coming out in favor of marriage equality. It was the swiftest advancement for civil rights in the history of our species. The swiftest advancement in civil rights for any oppressed minority group in fact one of the most oppressed minority groups because gay people were an oppressed minority within oppressed minorities it happened we witnessed it and america led and it all went down because of a plague and that's why i believe in the american dream not because of our ability to blow stuff up uh, in third world countries full of brown people, not because of our politicians, because I saw with my own eyes what can happen when people come together. So remember this, please. Straight people should be proud to live in a culture that has evolved for the better right before our very eyes. To me, gay pride is proof that people have the power. Evolution is a thing. And we can really make it better. And I understand how you can get discouraged in a culture where in one 24-hour period, we just learned that Trump definitely lied to protect a murdering Saudi prince. We learned that Hannity was exchanging hundreds of kissy-face emails with Paul Manafort. We learned of a very credible rape claim against the sitting president by a famous writer, and most of the media didn't care. We learned the president's Iran strategy does not exist. And all these things mean get ready for a lot more hours of Fox News coverage on AOC and Ilhan Omar. It's easy to get discouraged in a culture where it's all about gaslighting and our outrage circuits feel burned out because of what I call what the fuck fatigue. And that's where the people who hated you when you warned about Bush and Cheney and hated you even more when you were proven right about Bush and Cheney are now hating you for warning them about Trump Keep America great. Look, we just saw Donald Trump Jr. the other day give a speech before his daddy's speech, where he said, "Joe Biden comes out. Well, if you elect me president, I'm going to cure cancer." Wow, why the hell didn't you do that over the last fifty years, Joe? Okay. I, 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 Donald Trump Jr. being a Fredo in a family of Fredos is a human fathered by Donald Trump who is ridiculing a guy whose son died of cancer for saying he'd like the government to help cure cancer. It's easy to feel crazy in a culture where they treat empathy like a weakness. We just saw John Cornyn, who, who is so outraged uh, because Bank of America is no longer doing business with companies that run detention centers he tweeted i may have to change banks yeah bitch texas may have to change senators here's the deal john cornyn um... the banks don't care about your business they care about your bailouts, and you, Senator Cornyn, bailed them out before, and you'll fall in line again after the next crash from your trickle-down house of cards that Donald Trump has given. Never forget, on an economic level, dude, we are Bush's third term. If only there was a charismatic young leader who actually cared about the working people of Texas and could mount a 2020 challenge to that guy. Let's go through a few of the headlines with a little segment we call Really, <laughs> It's Not You. Oh, man, I hate it when Scientologists get all clearer than now. Okay, Uh, this week we learned about um, a number of things, including the rape accusation against the president from a writer and advice columnist for Elle magazine, E. Jean Carroll. Full disclosure, uh, my first ever network job was doing a morning show for NBC, and E. Jean was part of the uh, crew on that show, so I I have worked with her, and um, I do believe her because the president has already said he did exactly what she said what he she said he did um she said he tried to kiss her and then tried to g her by the p now remember something um even if you don't like how she presents on TV interviews, uh, she's more credible than he is because he's already lied about her. He already said he'd never met her. And he already said the 15 women who say he did to them what he brags on tape he does are, of course, liars. He said that he'd sue them all. Uh, I guess that's why he never did. And uh, the fact that it's a cult of blind obedience is proof it's not a cult. And Ocean has always been at war with East Asia. All I'm going to say about the E. Jean Carroll accusation is this. She has more credibility than the woman who accused Bill Clinton of rape. Now, I am not saying Bill Clinton is innocent, but ask your loved ones who are coming at you saying, obviously, she's a fake, but Bill Clinton's the real rapist. Just just, just look, we live in a culture where people are innocent until proven guilty, and we live in a culture where we should believe women. It's not that hard to walk and chew gum mentally on this topic, and and. Donald Trump has no credibility on it. As far as the woman, Juanita Broderick, who accused Bill Clinton of rape, I'm not saying she is lying. I would never say she's lying. But I will say at some point she has lied because Ken Starr didn't use her in his impeachment because Ken Starr deemed her uh, not a credible witness. Because when Ken Starr put her under oath, she testified under oath. That Bill Clinton had never done that and that she was never threatened and that nothing untoward ever happened when she was no longer under oath. She went back to saying Bill Clinton had raped her. So that's not to say that it's it's not true. It's just to say when your conservative friends try to come at you like Donald Trump and say, believe all the women who accused Clinton believe none of the women who accused Trump. They're playing right into the hands of the most evil man we got. Um, Now, also, we mentioned uh, the parental separation. This was a great week for Donald Trump, completely giving what the experts call batshit lies about subjects. Uh, He blamed Obama for the family separation policy. That was begun under Trump. Jeff Sessions announced it in May 2018. He explicitly referred to the DOJ's new enforcement policies, and he even said, and I'm quoting, I have put in place a zero-tolerance policy. So this belongs to Trump. He has to own it. In the same interview... He took credit for the Vets' Choice Law, which was signed by President Obama in 2014. So he's blaming Obama for something that began in 2018 under him and taking credit for something Obama did in 2014, which means Donald Trump is living in the worst time travel film in history. It's like shitty Avengers Endgame. He's still lying to you, MAGA, even if you guys like it. This week, we also saw the Supreme Court ruling on gerrymandering, which proves that the politicians who say they hate government really love government. What they hate is democracy. Democracy gets in the way of them running government. So, because their ideology is not popular enough, will they change the ideology to win at democracy? No, they'll just cheat at democracy. And gerrymandering is cheating. Voting rights laws... ...are cheating. They don't just deprive black folks from voting. That makes it harder for young people, poor people, and seniors to vote. The Electoral College is cheating. It allows a a minority to pick for the rest of us. The same people who don't want uh, affirmative action, a level playing field for minority people, want affirmative action and a level playing field for minority states. So gerrymandering cheating, voting rights cheating, Electoral College is cheating, Trump and the White House is cheating with help from Putin and WikiLeaks. Kavanaugh, one of the five Supreme Court justices who just enshrined gerrymandering, Kavanaugh lied under oath to be on the Supreme Court. Neil Gorsuch is on the Supreme Court because Obama was denied an up or down vote on his appointed nominee, Merrick Garland. Roberts and Alito are on the court because Florida had an illegal ballot and the guy running for president's brother helped stop a recount. Clarence Thomas is there because America doesn't care about harassment. And this week, all five of those guys signed off on cheating in elections. Essentially, John Roberts is trying to be the swing vote. Unlike Attorney General Barr or Trump, he's got his eye on history. And that's why on the same day, they say the White House is lying about the census. But go on rigging elections. It's madness, and it's why people have to come together and do the only thing that seems to work, vote a Democrat in, and then stay on that Democrat's case and kick their ass every single day. Uh, I I guess that's loyalty. I'm more loyal to ideas than politicians, so I do believe in voting in people and then holding their feet to the fire. Um, And everyone at the Democratic debate would be a better president than Come over Caligula, even though some of them are actually running for book deals and way better public speaking fees. Did you guys like the debates? I thought they were fun. Um, I liked Bill de Blasio's Trump impression more than I liked Beto's Obama impression. I think Beto might be running for Jimmy Stewart uh, rather than president. Not sure. But a lot of fun, and I identify as a person who calls both Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren mother of dragons. Here's a segment we call Master Debater. And usually in Master Debater, I give you a lot of talking points. This is going to be a little bit different. This is a story. Um, First off, Cracker Barrel. As a lifelong Southerner, I am a half Southerner. I I grew up in a house half Southern, half Brooklyn. So mom called us y'all. And dad called us rat bastards. But um, Cracker Barrel says they will not permit this Tennessee pastor who's made death threats against gay people to hold an event in any of their stores. So I got to salute you, Cracker Barrel. You also have seriously good biscuits. And as someone who was dragged off to Cracker Barrel gazillions of times growing up by my family, uh, this made me so proud. I want to go back there and buy lots of 99-cent cassette tapes. Now... Today, I want to talk about uh, a very special bit of good news for right-wing Christian homophobes, those hopeless romantics whose faith hinges on the belief that Jesus hates the same people they do. You don't need to believe in any kind of faith or, or, or religion to appreciate this story. It begins in the great state of Washington, in the town of Richland, in the year of our Lord, uh, 2013. Now, gay people already had the freedom to marry who they wanted in Washington state. It didn't become legal nationally till a couple of years later. That's what liberty is all about, right? Letting consenting adults love who they love. Well, Rob Ingersoll was a guy who uh, loved his partner of nine years, and in 2013 they got engaged to be married because their state was allowing it. Now, throughout their courtship, Rob had often sent his boyfriend flowers from Arlene's Florist, where the owner, Baronel Stutzman, was always happy to handle all of his romantic gay floral needs, until he got engaged. In 2013, because when Rob Ingersoll asked Baronel Stutzman, "Hey, you've been my florist for years. Will you please do the arrangements for my wedding?" she said no. This was the first wedding Miss Stutzman had refused in 37 years, and she has a right to do that. It's her business. I, personally, I think a florist who doesn't want to handle a gay wedding is like a, a a baker who doesn't want to serve Chris Christie. But she's allowed. But the reason she gave for declining. Led to a court fight that has gone on up to this week. She said, I am sorry I can't do your wedding because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's break that down, shall we? Because I like the I'm sorry part. It's like she really wants to serve her longtime client. Oh, but the big homophobe hand of anti gay Jesus forbids me. Now, some liberals like to write off people who follow the Bible as superstitious bigots, and I'll admit that could be tempting. People opposed to same sex marriage tend to be trapped in lame sex marriage, but Here's the first bit of good news for Ms. Stutzman and all the right-wing Christian homophobes who'd love to stop discriminating if it weren't for that meddling messiah. Being Christian means you never get to be homophobic. You see, Jesus never once said a single negative thing about gay people. Not once. Jesus, whether he's a character in a book, a myth, the son of God, divinity, fiction, whatever you want to call him, Jesus is kind and open and empathetic and compassionate to all people, really big on being nice to strangers and the marginalized, and way big on forgiving sinners, all disgusting hippie shit. And he didn't suffer from sexual hang-ups, which I know is surprising since sexual hang-ups are the rock upon which much of his church is built. Now, some Christian homophobes who seem to believe in a God who creates gay people just to watch them suffer and be hated, they have this argument they use against marriage equality. Mike Huckabee does this, and whether you're a believer or an atheist, at some point you're going to hear from your homophobic Christian loved ones that even though marriage equality is legal, it's against Christianity, and they're going to quote the New Testament, not the Old Testament stuff they usually do, like, like, like Leviticus, which I'll get to in another episode. The verse they cite... To say that Jesus really hated gay people was Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, where Jesus is written to have said, "'Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female?' Okay, that line right there is exhibit A in the modern fundamentalist argument that Jesus really hates Elton John and hates Ellen and loves chowing down at Chick-fil-A. However, like most Bible passages used by the anti-gay folks, it's taken way out of context because when you read the whole chapter of Matthew 19, the first thing you realize is Jesus isn't talking about gay people at all, but the divorce laws of his day written by Moses for straight people. See, right before this passage, uh, the Pharisees, the conservative religious bosses of the time, the ones who had Jesus killed, asked him if it's lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause. This might surprise you, but early 1st century first century law in the Holy Land wasn't exactly pro-women's rights. Parts of the Bible, you guys know, were like the Gospel according to Ike Turner. In Deuteronomy, it states that a man can throw out his wife when he no longer delights in her— the only restriction is he can't sell her into slavery because, hey, a bro's got to be moral. But if a guy gets tired of his wife or finds something wrong with her, he is allowed to send her packing. Rush Limbaugh has done this three times. So when the Pharisees ask Jesus, can a man get rid of his wife whenever he wants, he reminds them that marriage is supposed to be for life. He made the male and female and the twain shall be one flesh. So then they bring up the divorce laws. And Jesus, like the long-haired homeless rebel that he was, tells them, dude, you have those divorce laws from Moses because your hearts were hardened. And he tells him, if you kick out your wife for any reason other than adultery and you marry someone else, then you've made her an adulterer and you have committed adultery. Now, back in this time, a divorce was a death sentence for women. Not like today, we're being trapped in an abusive marriage. It can be a death sentence for women. The world has changed. There's every reason to believe Jesus would have stood up for women today as he did then and evolved with the times. But what matters is, in this story, Jesus is standing up for women's rights and going against the law, yet again. He was talking about straight marriage and straight divorce, not gay people. So, uh, you can't use this verse, ever, to be shitty to gay people, Christians. But it's a really, it's, it's two bits of good news. Because, number one, not only do you not have to waste time and energy hating gay people, y'all don't have to hate feminists either. Look, it's not cool to hate gay people. It's kind of pathetic to fight against your fellow Americans from enjoying the same rights and happinesses that you're entitled to. But you can do that. This is America. You get to get up in the morning and think, what can I do to make my gay brothers and sisters have a shitty life? You're allowed. What you can't do is use Christianity as a cloaking device for douchebaggery. So, I, Mr. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to say that Mr. Ingersoll and his partner got married, and I don't know if his florist ever had any luck in finding a new name for her religion, because, you see, uh, according to the actual Bible verse the homophobes have been using, it's the homophobes who need to learn about the Bible. If you're a Christian who just cares about protecting marriage, then stop fighting gay weddings and start fighting straight divorce. But guess what? Even after gay marriage became the law of the land, this lawsuit continued. And in 2017, the High Court of Washington found that Baronel Stutzman and her business, Arlene's Flowers, had unlawfully discriminated against Robert Ingersoll and his husband, Kurt Fried, when she first denied them service on religion's grounds in 2013. So just this week, friends... The Washington Supreme Court ruled again that the state courts had not acted with religious animus when they held that a florist violated the state's anti-discrimination law by refusing to sell flowers to a same-sex couple for their wedding. Remind your homophobic loved ones, freedom wins, liberty wins, love wins. Hey, time for Inspiration Nation. Just a couple of quick ones today. Uh, One for Pride. Um, Lots of good movies about the gay experience. Uh, And and I recommend Longtime Companion, which has kind of been forgotten over the years, but Bruce Davison got his Oscar nomination for it. It made Campbell Scott's career and it's one of the better films about AIDS. Um, Told through the point of view of a lot of gay people, not a lot of straight people. Also, Lucas Moodyson, who's a terrific uh, Scandinavian filmmaker, does a wonderful movie that will make you so happy called Show Me Love. And it's a lesbian love story about two girls in high school who have to hide it from everyone and it is just a beautiful heartbreaking film also if you need some musical inspiration only one song for the playlist this week and it's u2's live version of one featuring mary j blige if you haven't heard it, turn this off, run right now and download it and play it whenever you need the inspiration. I'm telling you, this is probably the biggest hit U2 has had uh, maybe ever. Um, and this version, it's like it's like when Clint Eastwood did that movie version of, of, of uh, The Bridges of Madison County and he directed it and he starred in it, but he just handed the whole movie to Meryl Streep. Here's a gift. It's yours. Go be great. U2 take their biggest hit. And when in this one live recording, which was done um, for Hurricane Relief, they essentially give their best song to Mary J. Blige. It is no longer a U2 song. It is a Mary J. Blige song. You have to hear this duet. Now it's time for our favorite game, Ask a Trump Defender. Um, here you go. Every week we give you questions to ask your Trump defending loved ones uh, and just see if they can answer them. Here's one. Outside of Iran and Africa, can you name any dictators Trump hasn't sided with? Here's another one. If Kamala Harris encouraged her supporters to beat up conservative protesters at her rallies promising to pay their legal bills, would you have a problem with it? Number three, ask your racist uncle this one. Should Donald Trump have to return the money he stole from every American he defrauded with Trump University? And should he also have to repay the money he took from his son Eric's kids' cancer charity? You may have to show your racist uncle how Google works. Um... We love getting letters from you guys and emails and threats and promises of glory and awkward passes. Uh, please write to me anytime, either on my Facebook or at John dot com. We read everything. Kit Whitfield writes, can you find out if Trump gets his oranginess from a cream or sunbed? Fake tan, fake tan. You're right, Kit. It's a very fake tan. Dude, it's like February, you're in D.C., you're orange. Stop it. I said last week we've had 42 white men as president, one black man as president, and one man where you have to look really closely at the circles around his eyes to see his natural pigment. Um, I don't think it's a cream or a sunbed. I think it's all uh, aerosol spray. Um, I'm very pale. When I lived in LA, I tried everything. Uh, I finally decided I can be a pale person. Um, But it looks like it's an aerosol spray. And let me just say, it takes a lot of it to cover that man. Just, uh, you know, imagine, do you think he does it naked? Or does he wear bikini briefs? (laughs) Uh, Here's another question for today. Lee Scalorn writes, how can we provide more mental health treatment for those in rural communities? That's a great question. Uh, obviously, mental health is uh, a serious issue in this country, which we won't take seriously. And it's really difficult to get low-income people in touch with quality therapists. And that's why I want to tell you about my brother. My brother, Paul Fugelsang is a clinical psychotherapist based out of Asheville, North Carolina. And he actually started a nonprofit called the Open Path Therapy Collective. And you can just Google Open Path Therapy, and it is designed to hook low-income people up with therapists who give discounted rates, pro bono sometimes, through Skype. And it allows anyone anywhere to be able to be in contact for very little money with a qualified therapist. Open Path Psychotherapy Collective. Follow them on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, and follow my brother Paul. Uh, and finally, this is from um, uh, a guy on Twitter. Twitter. I think this is Master of Hats. I refuse to give up on the country my family has fought for since the revolution. If you can seriously give up when they have only written things on paper, when the only thing that has been tried is walking with signs, you are cowed. Surrender if you must. I refuse. I resist. Uh, that's it for our pride episode really quick this week. Um, a lot of gigs coming up, but I'll announce those later. Uh, Los Angeles, August 6th. That's the big one. Please, please, please write to us. Please subscribe. Please give us a review and, uh, let me know what you think of the podcast. We're trying to make it shorter. And if you missed pride this year, again, don't worry. It lives for all of us. You should all be proud of it. Whether you're gay bi, straight or haven't slapped a label on yourself yet. I want to close with a verse from the Bible. That's this week's inspiring quote. And it comes from one of the letters of Paul they try to use to justify homophobia. That's Paul's letter to the Romans. That's where they say that Jesus was anti-gay, uh, because there's a verse about men with men there. The fact is though, Paul isn't Jesus. And, uh, I've had to correct a lot of so-called Christians on this. And the verse Paul's talking about, um, in Romans, he's not even talking about gay men. He's talking about straight men who hook up with other straight men or forced by, I believe as it's called on Craigslist. So I'm told. So, uh, from that same letter, however, this is Paul uh, in Romans thirteen eight, Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves has fulfilled the law. Something for pride and America and student loans. Thank you very much. SanityCast is a product of the Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Please listen to and subscribe to all the great shows right here. See you next time. Hey, this is Frangela and we host The Final Word with Frangela and Idiot of the Week podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll love our show where every week we talk about real news, real funny. So come on over and listen to The Final Word with Frangela and find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn and everywhere else you get your podcasts.